Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Tocayo Adrian. Adrian, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, dude, what's up? Barely awake after that game. The snooze fest of a game, El Continental Clásico. For real. Well, man, uh, as we've been kind of hyping up the game, we're here after the game and uh, going to be doing our six things we learned. Uh, this episode is going to be six things we learned of La Selección Mexicana. Um, six things, if you ha- if you guys haven't checked out our series of six things we learned, basically uh, six things we uh, noticed and uh, learned from the game, um, either positive, negative, or, you know, kind of neutral. So, um, yeah, man, uh, let's just get right into it with the first thing. Uh, kind of before we, we I guess, start with the first thing here, you you hit formation on the nail there, man. Um you you kind of predicted in our preview episode that you know it's going to be a five three two, which he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only difference was that no one could have predicted Roberto de la Rosa was going to be forward because of Henry Martin's <laughs> injury, and I think yes. the only other one that you had was Charlie Rodriguez instead of Antuna. So um, everything else you kind of got it perfect. So yeah, man, why don't we start off with the positive for this uh, this draw one one between the USA and La Selección Mexicana. For sure. So um, the first positive that I want to note is uh, the age average of this roster, uh, specifically talking about the starting 11. So as you mentioned, we did a great job almost uh, getting all the players right. Uh, If you look at the starting 11, they have a 25.3 years of average, which is really good. It's been a while since since we've seen a a, a, three team with this specific age or below the 29 year mark um right we i know that we have constantly complained about how l3 has to start this generational change in the team and the likes of memo choa hh el principito guardado and uh and other players should be just essentially saying hey don't call me up anymore it's time for the youngers for the for the young lads to show up and uh, rise to the challenge, right? So, <clears throat> you know, on top of that, and also that we didn't really like that this roster that much, uh, there's no denial that Diego Coca is actually trying to carry on with uh, the generational change. He called up a lot of young talent that, albeit, they haven't had a chance to prove themselves with uh, El Tri at any, time, at any point in time. And then they might not be a start our star, sorry, or, or our protagonist on their team right now. But, hey, man, I mean, he is definitely heading into the right direction as far as as far as far I'm concerned with the, you know, young players. Yeah, I mean, these games, though, they mean nothing. And, you know, it's, it's always important match against your bitter rival, right? And so giving them mm-hmm. that experience to play this type of match in this type of um, ambiente and uh, for, for a team that we've been you know, crying for, you know, get rid of the old farts, bring in the new guys. Um, granted the new guy, uh, the, the younger guys he brought in here, not to his, um, not, not, not by his fault by any means, since this is a, uh, mm-hmm. not a FIFA friendly, he wasn't able to bring all his European guys. So all these young guys are, you know, Liga Mekis players, but I mean, still, I mean, they're, they're interesting prospects that, you know, make a solid foundation for the B team could maybe eventually move their way up. Um, some of them probably are a team material like Acevedo. Uh, and uh, you know Henry Martin, yeah, um, Victor Guzman, uh, Luis Chavez, 
Um, but uh, a good good uh, mixture of um, veterans and uh, you know new guys at a at an appropriate. Uh, you know, sometimes you rush it and you put too many young guys and you disaster, right? No experience, and then you mm-hmm. you have the situation that happened in Tulitri in the Mundial where they had too many old guys. Um, so this was a nice mix of uh, young and old, and uh, like you said, we we saw it in the age average of a pretty young age average of twenty five and you know point three years. So good for Coca. Yeah, and I do, I do want to say like from the young lads that played today, uh, Victor Guzman had a really good game with the exception of that mistake that he made uh, for the USMNT goal. And Roberto de la Rosa was quite pers- uh, participative at the very, mm-hmm. at the top of the of the pitch. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't materialize a goal, but he was very active. So I like yeah. that. Yeah, good performance from those two guys for sure. Um, moving on to neutral, man. Uh, I know it's a, mm-hmm. uh, we have written down here, the right back position, specifically Julian Araujo. What mm-hmm. from him today did you like, did you not like that, you know, kind of caused us to, to rank him as, you know, just, just neutral performance today. So today I have two neutral things. And the first one that I want to touch base on is, uh, on, on this specific case of Julian Araujo, as you mentioned, uh, I, I think this was a, an okay performance for Julian Araujo. Uh, I call it as a neutral because I don't think there was like the, the balance that uh, doesn't really goes to, you know, the positive side or the negative side at all. Um, I think there were very good things of him, like the fact that he was very eager and quick to make uh, offensive breaks and drives from that right flank, uh, flank, sorry. Um, and he was very eager to get into that, you know, last quarter of the pitch to the to do either crosses or do diagonals inside the box, which is great. So that that proves to me that there's a lot of uh, like I think we said on, on the pod that if there's one position in the three that has enough uh, depth is the right back position. So Colenera Ariajo is essentially uh, competing against the likes of Jorge Sanchez, Kevin Alvarez, um, and he knows that if he has a you know not 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 a decent performance on these kind of games, he will definitely get relegated or not be given the chance to play with the A team, right? So I think right. that was the good side of Fulenarajo in this game. The bad side though is, as much as he was really quick to break in the offensive drives, that was also a <clears throat> a problem with him, an issue, because more uh, more times that we would have preferred, he was. So quick to break, but on, on, in that in that you know speed and up in that fast pace that he was trying to get, he was losing several balls to the opposition, and two of them actually, if I recall correctly, uh, ended up in uh, t- two actually very good counterattacks from the USMNT. One at the very beginning of the game where uh, he loses the ball, and I think the ball bounces off from Acevedo and then uh, strikes, I believe, uh, Morris not Jordan Morris's uh, leg, and it just goes wide by a very little and then the second one same thing he tries to break loses the ball counterattack, and uh thankfully i think it was ferreira who you know <laughs> even though he scored a goal today uh he he, he thankfully isn't that good enough at finishing so <laughs> <laughs> he, he missed that one but that's the reason why i, I categorize Julenaro as one of the neutral things we learned in this game yeah wasn't wasn't a performance that you know won him any accolades or anybody's going to say, oh man, he did amazing. But I mean, yeah. I, think, I think it was a safe performance, right? He he wasn't really 
taking big risks. Uh, he, he had a good, some good opportunities going up, like you said, but I uh, left some, some spaces in the back. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but as long as he is in Europe, not like he is now, even, even if he does have these mishaps every once in a while, he'll constantly be get, you know, called up. Um, and you know, he'll be, he'll be in the pool of the right backs for, for years to come as long as he's, yeah. In the, I mean, yeah. He, he, he definitely has to be, you know, in that pool of three players, at least, um, between Kevin Alvarez, Jorge Sanchez, and him. I agree. Um, moving on to something negative we saw here, man. Um, you and I kind of thought this match was going to be a, um, uh, you know, a high-scoring game. I think you said mm-hmm. it was going to be 3-2 to the U.S., or you said 3-3 maybe. I said 2-2, and uh, it wasn't high-scoring. Uh, you know, the only reason we got a, a goal each team was because defensive errors um so (laughs) you know i think the negative the next negative we need to talk about definitely is you know the forwards right uh the the lack of strikers Mm -hmm. not necessarily like we said roberto de la rosa had a decent game right but um yes having only brought two real forwards um you know that lack of strikers hurt el three definitely and I mean, this is not a, a new topic for us, right? It's not a new subject. And we have discussed this in the past on previous episodes during the pod. Um, and I think you and I agree that uh, L3 has a shortage of strikers, period. Um, there's on, Right now, you only have two strikers that you can heavily rely on, which is Henry Martin and El Bebote. And, you know, no one foresaw... Uh, Henry Martin getting injured or being recalled by America not being able to play this game. And then, of course, Feyenoord was not going to release El Bebote because they're prepping up for the second leg of their uh, Europe, Europa League uh, quarterfinal right. with Roma. And they're, you know, they're still fighting for clenching that title on the Eredivisie. So I don't blame them, but that leaves sure. you with very minimal options, right? Uh, the fact that they had to call up El Gacelo from Toluca who, don't get me wrong, I think he's a great prospect. He's still young, three goals this season, but that doesn't give you that many options. Um, I'm, not, right. I'm not too sure why he didn't call up uh, Rogelio Funes Mori. I'm not sure if he's just trying to say that, you know, the, the naturalizado card for later on, if he feels the pressure building up. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's it's difficult to, to see Mexico display a good attacking uh proposition during the game if they don't have a strong presence of a striker. I don't want to say that this game we saw a, a really good combination plays between uh, Aurel Antuna, Luis Chavez and, Ro- and Roberto de la Rosa that ended up in you know nice shots and one going off the post from Charlie Rodriguez. So that kind of diminishes the impact of not having a strong big presence striker at the top but I don't think de la Rosa is ready to handle that responsibility. So uh, this is something that the Okoka needs to be to pay close attention to. If he's going to be calling on Roberto La Rosa, he really needs to be essentially, you know, talking with him day in, day out, talking with Pachuca's uh, coach, uh, team, and assistants to ensure that Roberto La Rosa gets the development he needs to be that, you know, big presence striker for Mexico. Yeah, um, you know, I, we don't know why, like you said, Funes Mori wasn't called up. I, I don't know if it's because of the uh, the card of you know los naturalizados or my just how we said Monterrey might was not willing to let him go and maybe risk injury. Yeah. Um. 
So to be fair to the Okoka, he wasn't left with much options here. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe uh, De La Rosa wasn't his first choice striker up front. We all know it was Henry Martin. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But even then, I mean, if you look at Liga Mekis, is it really those just three guys you have at your disposal? Um, there has to be some, you know, I say there has to be more well, people, but I mean, there really isn't. Exactly. That's, a, that's the thing is that you don't have that many, that, that your, your pool of Mexican striker is, isn't that big. You have El Mudo Aguirre from Santos. From the top of my head, you have Angel, Angel Sepulveda from Querétaro. You have Martin Galván from Puebla. So the options aren't necessarily better from what you right. called up today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Um, hopefully they're better in the uh, June game against USA in the Nations League. So we'll see. He's going to have to call up Henry Martin and Bebote for that game. There's no, yeah. there's no other way around this. And that's going to be a game where all the European players are going to play for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So let's go into another neutral here. Um, what do you have next on the list? So my second neutral, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be something um, that maybe not a lot of PPG fans are going to agree with me. But I think, you know, the fact that El Tri couldn't win today, um, that they tied with the USMNT, I don't think is a negative thing here. I think it's actually a neutral. And, you know... Should the three have won? Yes, definitely should have won. Was it a poor display from Diego Coca and his and his team? I don't think so. I think it was, you know, a decent game, given the you know the the, the circumstances where he didn't have enough time to you know call them up and properly train. Uh, right. He didn't have a chance to actually call the players that he wanted to call because a lot of the clubs said no. Or they requested to get less players called up because La Liga makes it's pretty much at the end of the season, of the regular season. So, I mean, this doesn't give Piojo a lot of breathing room for the near future. But I think it also help helps him a little bit to arrive into the next stage of Nations League with a calmer uh, media. Uh, environment, right? I, I don't think the pundits are going to hit him that hard uh, as if he would have lost. Um, as you and I said, this was a you know very high-risk, low-reward game for him. So the fact that he didn't lose is actually you know a good thing for him and for, and for El Tri. Um, and again, I just want to finalize my point with saying by, you know, I, I think it was a good display from El Tri. It, uh, Honestly, I mean, they they played defensively well. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, they were lacking some attacking power, but they made it up for, with with some good some com- with some good combination. Uh, 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 sorry, good combination plays, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I mean, he, he did what he could with what he have. So to me, it's a neutral. I don't think it's a bad thing that he tied. Unfortunately, this prolongs the hegemony. From USMNT over Mexico, with I think the last four games uh, not not having a win for Mexico, uh, so that's the, that's the bad part. But the positive side is, you know, we we see some consistency. Consistency and the Okoka lives to fight another day. Um, mm-hmm. Had it had it been a loss, he would have been completely on the chopping board. You know, I think <laughs> yes. it, it helps that. Um, in, it was kind of a blessing that some of his players got recalled, like Henry Martin, um, just because 
they're going to go easy. The press is going to go easier on him and, you know, understand that, Hey, he didn't even have his A team. He didn't even have his B team. Most of it. So these, this was a last minute. I think he had like two days of uh, entrenamiento with the these guys. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, to get the result. Yeah. I mean, it's not the result, obviously he wanted and the Mexican fans wanted of a win. Um, but, you know, taking a, a draw in your first game against, you know, in the Clásico um, and playing well. I think uh, the um, the midfield trio of Antuna, Sanchez, and Chavez were excellent. They they dominated the yeah. midfield. Um, like like we already talked about, Roberto de la Rosa was playing well. Alexis Vega, meh. I mean, he, he didn't do much. Um, nice, but yeah. uh, the, the midfield definitely, I think, was the start of the show for a three today. And uh, they, were, they were dominant in that midfield, especially the second half. Um, like you said, Charlie Rodriguez hit the post and, you know, they, they, they had it there to win it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Ococa, um, decent performance. You live to fight another day, man. We'll see you in June. Um, <laughs> all right, man, our fifth item here. Um, what's another negative that kind of, uh, realized and noticed from this match here? Sure. So I, well, I, I don't think this has to do a lot with the match actually, but like the context of it, um, as we have said throughout this episode of the podcast, uh, one of the challenges that Diego Coca faced was the lack of player availability or uh, Liga Mekis clubs not willing to release, this, to release, their, release their players. So one of the negatives that I see is Liga Mekis clubs' disposition to release players. Um, I think when Diego Coca started as a coach, there was this message and sense of yes, all you know, Liga MX clubs are gonna, you know, fall or, or align with Yokoka, you know, support him, have his back, and you know, release players when he wants to, because he wanted to have these mini ciclos where he calls a bunch of players from Liga MX, have them train so they get used to the to his game style and all that good stuff, right? So I think it, this shows that teams will essentially say no. <laughs> And, you know, just cater right. to their interest as they should, you know, because they they don't really get any money from um, El Tri at, right. uh, other than having like a like a, a vitrina for, for their players in an international right. stage. But, you know, the fact that America and Chivas recall players due to injuries, even though they, they are scheduled to play during this weekend. So that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, Monterrey asking Doña Fede not to call that too many players and only releasing uh, Victor Guzman and Jesus Gallardo uh, keeping Poncho Gonzalez, keeping Funes Mori keeping Hector Moreno um, so that, I think that's a, that's a negative, it's it's you know how it, it's the, I, I don't want to say that I feel for Diego Coca because he still hasn't won my heart just yet um, and the fact that he left Tigres also puts you know a dent in my heart for him <laughs> but it's also uh, it's not fair to criticize him if he has to do if he has to do a job with not the resources that he that he actually needs or that or or having access to all the resources that he knows he has has sorry uh, and and you know just being uh, handled or uh, strained by Liga Mekis clubs and you know their their unwillingness to help him out. Yeah, I mean it's it's more of the same. Uh, you know, they they were promised the Oko was promised uh, apoyo support from the teams, and it's kind of you know gone back to how it was before. To be fair, like you said, we're coming up on La Liguilla, and these teams do not want to yeah. let go of their players right before uh, you know the playoffs start in Mexico, um, which is understandable, especially for a game like this. Um, but uh, you know, you look on the other side, on the other team, 
um, all the MLS squads are eager to let go of their their players to go play with the U.S. Um, because it gives them, like you said, that platform of um, you know international uh, coverage and just to be able to say, you know, we have a player on our team that plays for Lessons or the national team. So um, differences in uh, across the border there between the two leagues, but yeah, I mean, negative for sure for the Okoka there. Um, as we always do, man, try to end it on a positive. Um, I think there were, there were there were a fair amount of positives here uh, yeah. today, but um, the 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 main positive I think that we took away from this was the first of all his formation and how it was executed, right? His gameplay. Mm-hmm. What 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 you yeah, notice? You know his his variety in that game style. Sure. So, um, th- you know, you bring a really good point that I that I strongly feel is a positive. Um, you know, we've seen the for the, for these last three games, we have seen the Okoka play with two different formations. With a, uh, I think it was what a four, three, two, one, and then a five, three, two. This time around, he went again with the five, three, two. I really like how he is implementing this style of game in the players. It's a formation that he knows really well from his time in Atlas with his short tenure with uh, on Tigres. I think he understands that that's going to be one of the best options that he has just because he do have um, a, a good roster of defensive players and wings as well. So both sides, I will say more on the right side than the left, but both sides have uh, players that can go up, up and down the field that have decent cross uh, technique and they can also have, well, they have shown displayed uh, a good sense of long shot distance. So I think he's he's understanding that he can take advantage of, that, of this specific a specific formation. He I think he also understands that um, he needs to ensure that if his strikers are not the best uh, available right now, or if or if they're lacking, you know that um, that gold powder that he can always rely on them to be, you know, a like a like a post for the balls to come in and create spaces. So I really like that over the last three games, we have seen a consistent style of play, a consistent formation that goes from a 5-3-2 to a 4-3-2-1 yeah, at times throughout the game. So I think this is a positive. It's been a while since we've seen uh, an L3 team being able to adapt to what the opposition is trying to implement on the field. Uh, It's been a while since we've seen uh, Selección Mexicana having the ability to go from one formation to another within the Mm -hmm. same game. So um, to me, this is, this is all good signs, man. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, He, I think he got the formation, you know, nailed today. Um, He, he tactically had a better squad than the USA. Um, I guess, uh, Coach-wise, tactical-wise, he had, you know, more possession, more um, shots, more opportunities, and uh, he controlled the midfield with this, with this formation. And like you said, I mean, the ability to, to adapt to, you know, okay, so if the USA is playing this way, we'll change formation this way. If they decide to play this way, we have another formation. It's always a positive. So, um, yeah, kudos to him uh, for, you know, adapting those two different formations, two really different, like, different from it's not like you know two kind of similar formations they 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 play differently right one is more of mm-hmm. um we'll hold the ball in the center um and we'll control the game that way the other is more of a hey we'll play it on the wings and we'll try to you know control pace that way um so really two different two different uh 
formations that aren't really close to each other and uh, the way that he's gotten the team to kind of implement and uh, adapt to them positive to him for sure um yeah again let's see what he does in june that's going to be the big test for him um <laughs> it's there's always that caveat right yeah that you know it's always a uh, a friendly um so now let's see it implemented in the uh, actual match that matters mm-hmm. um adrian it's been fun man um funner game than we thought even though it wasn't high scoring it, it did have a lot of um you know it was, i guess the last 20 20 25 minutes were were good were a good yeah. watch the first half was a little boring um but uh always a pleasure being here with you man before we leave man uh where can our listeners find us man if they want to see our pretty faces they can find us on youtube don't forget to subscribe hit the like button and turn on the notifications if they're just fine listening to our beautiful voices, they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or or wherever they get their podcasts on. And lastly, but not least, they can also find us at Puro Pinchegol on Instagram and Twitter. We post stuff every now and then. Yeah, and be sure to drop us a comment or send us a message. Um, you know, let us know what you saw positive from Ed3 today. Um, what did you like what didn't you like um is the Coca starting to win you guys over or are you gonna kind of just like <laughs> us waiting to the june match to really decide um we love to hear from y'all we love uh you know conversing with you guys in the comments so make sure y'all drop a comment there um adrian i'll see you on the uh, usa six things we learned take it easy my friend see you man